protests have broken out in more than 100 cities over the death of George Floyd by four police officers. And the coronavirus continues to rage on in this country. Amazon somehow is getting criticized for how it's handling both situations. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET's e-commerce guru and veteran of the show, Ben Fox Rubin. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thanks for having me. So Amazon has been one of the big beneficiaries of the coronavirus pandemic. With all of us stuck at home, many more are turning to this online retailer to get basically everything. Uh, you've got a piece, though, on how it's handled the disclosure of infected workers at its warehouse. W- what did you find? Well, they don't really provide a lot of details about this, not only to the public, but also to their workers. Now, granted, when there is a new infection in their warehouse, they do send out a text message or a robocall, but workers have complained that that's not really nearly enough. They don't say what shift the worker was in, what department they're in. They don't aggregate the numbers either, which has resulted in Amazon and Whole Foods workers actually reverse engineering this information. They're taking all of these text messages and robocalls and actually trying to figure out what the statewide and the nationwide numbers are because Amazon won't release them and won't provide them not only to the public, but to the workers themselves. Hey, what do the workers and some of the other critics say about the potential downsides or the consequences of Amazon not being as transparent as they'd like them to be? Look, a, a worst case scenario here is the potential spread of the virus. If you don't know uh, that you're working in a hotspot and you know there are, are considerable infections in your warehouse, other than you getting a bunch of text messages and piecing that together, uh, that would be the worst case scenario, that this, that this lack of transparency would actually be uh, making the pandemic worse. Uh, But beyond that, it's really making it hard for investors. It's making it hard for customers. It's making it hard for workers to really understand whether Amazon's uh, uh, response to the virus is actually effective, whether it's actually working beyond Amazon actually saying that, you know, take our word for it. So those are at least two of the issues that we're talking about here as far as, you know, what what the stakes are related to them not releasing more of this type of information. And how does this differ or is it similar to what other retailers are doing? The other retailers that I talked to, and that was Walmart, Target, Instacart, and CVS, all take pretty much the exact same position. There were, let's say, half a dozen or more other retailers that I reached out to that didn't even respond to me. It's pretty clear that this is a very sensitive issue. It's also related to health privacy, uh, health information privacy for workers. So that is understandable. It's also understandable that these are retailers. So they're used to sending, selling you, you know, toilet paper and aspirin and not talking about the number of infections and deaths there are in their workforce. Uh, so those two things, I guess, should be mentioned. That being said, Amazon's position is not unique here. And so if you're looking for more transparency from any particular other retailer or, you know, the meatpacking industry, that's another one. You're not going to find it. Okay. Do you think uh, Amazon will eventually get more transparent about its infection rate? I mean, there has been uh, an increasing number of critics talking to or or pushing for more transparency, but will it it actually happen? It's possible. Uh, Amazon was very clear in saying that they will release this type of information if they are legally required to. I don't know really what 
how that would go about. Uh, the furthest along any of this has gotten is, is that 13 attorneys general have requested this information and it has not yet been provided. Uh, but as it stands right now, Amazon said, unless the, this is a legal requirement, they feel that it is unfair and inappropriate to release the numbers. One other very important element to mention as far as why they decided not to release the numbers, not only for privacy issues, but also they said that these numbers can be very easily misinterpreted. Uh, you would have to caveat them with a lot of different elements. So um, which which is also this is understandable, but um, it's it's another reason why disinformation just isn't getting disseminated. All right. Well, the other side of the criticism that Amazon's endured uh, has been over its stance on the George Floyd protests. Now, the company expressed the support of the movement, uh, but that's led to some Amazon workers slamming it for its continued push of surveillance technology to the police, things like recognition, uh, as well as its partnership with uh, with police departments with its ring cameras. Uh, tell me a bit about that. Right. So some, some of these criticisms are perfectly understandable. And so far as Amazon um, released a statement that specifically uh, uh, was, was against uh, social injustice, uh, police brutality, things like that. Uh, completely understandable that any company would make those types of statements in this environment. Our company made a statement similar to that about Black Lives Matter uh, in the situation McDonald's did. There are a lot of them. However, uh, a lot of workers at Amazon have been arguing for years about Amazon actually putting its money where its mouth is as far as taking greater action beyond just making a statement on Twitter uh, about changing its policies and about changing its business practices. Jeff Bezos, Amazon CEO, has specifically said, we're going to support the government. Uh, we're going to provide them with the best equipment and the best tools. So my expectation is, is that they're probably not going to roll back their support of um, uh, law enforcement in this particular situation. But uh, it, it is understandable why um, the employees might feel incredibly frustrated that there, there hasn't been action in related to the actual statements. Right. And you, you read about how vocal Amazon employees are. That's, it's kind of a unique case in tech, right? Like Facebook really just started seeing its first, um, public, uh, outcry uh, from its employees over sort of how things are being handled over there. But can you talk about how Amazon's a little bit different and how, uh, there have been a number of protesting groups that have been long established at the company. Yeah, this might relate to the fact that uh, Amazon got really big really quickly and it has a lot of different elements to its workforce. There are more than 500,000 Amazon employees in the United States. A lot of them are, or most of them are blue collar workers uh, that are pushing for uh, better treatment. We've written a lot about concerns about um, their, their treatment in warehouses and and things like that. So this is this is not an unknown situation and it's one that's probably gotten much worse for workers during the pandemic. So um, yeah, it's a little interesting to see Facebook doing this because yeah, it's been going on at Amazon for a long time. Uh, it is worth saying that Google had huge protests related to the Me Too movement uh, fairly recently. So it's not completely unique, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, Google and Facebook have, have seen a couple of protests for single issues, but it seems like with Amazon, they're, they're like 
multiple issues, right? Between climate change, between um, treatment of warehouse workers, and now how the coronavirus is being handled. I mean, there there've been a lot more protests with at Amazon, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You mentioned two of them. The one that we're talking about related to um, uh, their work with police is from an organization, an internal organization called We Won't Build It, which is specifically against their work with uh, immigration services uh, with with uh, ICE. So yeah, there are a lot of them. There is another organization called Whole Worker, which is specifically pushing for better uh, working conditions and unionization of Whole Foods employees. So that's just four that we're talking about. And um, probably the most organized one is Amazon Employees for Climate Justice. That's the uh, climate group, the climate change group that they've also gotten much more significantly involved in social justice issues because they talk about the fact that, um, you know, look, we can't we can't fix climate change if we can't improve certain you know basic issues like, um, you know, warehouse conditions for for our fellow employees. And I mean, ultimately, are any of these protests going to do anything result in any change? Do you see anything coming out of the criticism from Amazon employees? So the, it's a great question. And I, and I do wonder that because I write a lot about this. What I can say about it is this year, especially during the pandemic, the volume has certainly increased. So is that going to be a tipping point? Is that really going to change anything? I don't know. Uh, as it stands right now, warehouse workers have pushed to get their hazard payback. This was $2 an hour increase, uh, which has since expired. They've also pushed to get unlimited unpaid time off back, where basically no questions asked. You can stay at home if you're worried about getting the virus going into work, even, even though they do a lot to try to protect uh, warehouse workers in their warehouses. So, uh as far as those two issues are concerned, a lot of this uh, push doesn't seem to have had an impact quite yet. So is there going to be a tipping point? I don't know. But this is obviously um, there's, there's more potential for something like that to happen now than ever before. OK, well, that's a wrap. You can check out Ben's story and the rest of our Amazon coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.